This is Stacy Eldridge. Welcome to Captivated. This world vies for our attention in a thousand different ways. But the most important thing, the preeminent thing, the essential thing, is to give our attention to Jesus. Hi friends, Stacy here. Before we get started on today's podcast, I wanted to do a little public service announcement. So, as a little pause before we begin, some of you may not know that we are doing a captivating event in Wales at the center called Kevin Lee, October 5th through the 8th. And I wanted to invite you to come to prayerfully consider coming. I know it's just around the corner now, but you can get information about it on our website, wildatheart.org. So come on, check it out. Now for today's podcast. Welcome, dear ones, you who are the very prize of Jesus's heart. I'm so happy to be with you today as together we're turning our attention onto the one who is so worthy of it. I want to begin today with sharing some verses. This is Psalm 100, verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who has made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Isaiah 40, verse 11. He tends His flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Mark 6, 34. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Ezekiel 34, 31. You are my flock, the sheep of my pasture. You are my people, and I am your God. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. And lastly, Revelation 7, verse 17. For the Lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of life-giving water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Yes, God. You know, we're compared in the scriptures to sheep kind of a lot. And it doesn't always feel like a compliment, but actually it is. We are sheep who need a shepherd, and we have a shepherd. Sheep trust their shepherd. They aren't concerned with leading, but with following. They trust that their good shepherd will lead them to good pasture and will provide for their needs. All right, I confess that I'm not always like a sheep, And that I don't always believe that. Too often, ultimately, because of unbelief in the goodness of God, like Adam and Eve, I take matters into my own hands, quite literally, and arrange for myself what I think will satisfy, what I think will make me content, what I think I need to be happy. And when I take hold of something, it can be hard for me to let it go. Clinging, arranging, striving, they all kind of go together. So for me, as well as for you, I want to talk a little bit today about surrender and rest. 
Surrender in Hebrew means aligning or arranging oneself under the command of a divine viewpoint. In surrender, you literally turn away from the offerings of the world and the opinions of others and our own strategies to achieve life and instead choose to stand under God's divine viewpoint. Surrender requires letting go of control so that you can rest in God, rest in His love, rest, soul rest. We can have that when we choose to align our belief with God's, and we can participate in the divine exchange where we exchange fear for trust, where we exchange worry for peace, where we exchange striving for rest. Rest means to cease work or movement in order to relax, refresh oneself, or recover strength. It also means to be supported as to stay in a specified position. Ha! Oh, to rest. To stay in Christ. To have our hearts aligned with the divine viewpoint, the divine viewpoint. Oh, to have our hearts rest in Jesus and to stop running from broken cisterns because you know, and we need reminding, that He is trustworthy. He is good. We can surrender to Him. We can rest in Him. We can be refreshed in Him. The truth is that the surrendered life is a doorway into a deeper life with God. Still, even when we are running to broken cisterns, ah, God is pursuing us. He pursues us out of our sin. He pursues us out of our chasing broken cisterns instead of living water. He pursues us. But often when we sense his approach, we might hide like Adam and Eve hid. When we feel the approach of love himself— because we can feel that we're not worthy to receive it, especially if we feel busted and going to places other than to Him. But when we cling to other things, believing that they are the things that will satisfy our souls, we put something between us and God. We actually put something in front of Him, and it could be anything. It might be our goals, our dreams, our children, It may be being overly concerned with what other people think. It may be running to planning what is next that we think will bring us life, a new job, a vacation, a whatever. What we put in front of him may be our ways of self-soothing because we need soothing. It's just simply where we go to find hope or comfort or relief from pain, not with God, but apart from God. And they may be good things, but when they become the highest thing in our hearts, we get into trouble. We've stepped away from our first love, maybe without even noticing that we have. And these things hinder our ability to experience Jesus. Then we so easily become overwhelmed with the pressures and the cares of the world, of our world, and its unceasing demands. God created us to live in an eternal state of contentment. 
not from the experience of our external worlds, but in the internal reality of our position of surrendered love and worship of our God, content in Jesus. The evidence of contentment is the evidence of the presence of God in our lives. To be content is actually to be absent of any sort of greed. Greed is simply the desire for more, more stuff, more things, even more goodness, but not more Him. Our souls are designed to find their rest and their contentment in God. Hebrews 13, 5 says, be content. Well, how can that be? Well, because he says, I will never leave you. In Psalm 23, it says, I have all that I need. Friends, God will provide. And I want to say again, the surrendered life is a doorway into a deeper life with God. And oh, we all want that. It's the presence of God that frees us from the need for anything else. And that is great gain. To know contentment in his presence. Ah, I do want that. More. That kind of greed is good. Wanting more of him. More fruit of the Spirit. We need to ask ourselves What is occupying the chief place of my attention? What is it? I need to recognize it. And if it's not him, I need to ask Jesus for his help. Pray, show me yourself again. Show me who you are and what you've done so I will gladly slay any lesser lover that has taken the place that you deserve. And when he reveals it, surrender it. Friends, there is no need for us to fight our way into his heart or into his love. There's no need to strive. This is simply about trusting his good heart. And because we do trust him, freely laying down at his feet anything and anyone that has taken precedence before him, over him. It's simply about believing, not struggling. Believe in what Jesus has done for us. That's what it is. That's the call, believing that what he has done for us is more than enough. Believing that because of that, we matter to him. Believing we are the treasure of his heart. Believing what he says about us. Believing we are who he says we are. Believing we are loved. Believing he won't abandon us or turn a blind eye to what we are enduring or longing for, for ourselves and for those we love. Surrendering leads to resting in his immeasurable, irrevocable, astounding love for us. It changes everything. We move from struggle and striving back into grace simply by believing, resting in, surrendering to his unconditional love. So to surrender, we simply turn our thoughts, our hearts, back to Jesus. We turn our attention onto him. We choose to believe him, to receive him, to rest in him. We practice saying, even out loud, I believe you. 
I trust you are good. I choose you. And then we begin to experience him and experience his heart for us. And mercy, friends, actually, as you start pursuing this, it's not easy. I know it isn't easy. Oh, sometimes it's easier at more times than others, but sometimes it can be very difficult. It may even involve tears as we recognize what we've placed before him and lay it down. When we place him first, we experience his love. We know rest. And then his love pours out of us to others. Beloveds, we are meant to know love in our very marrow, in our hearts, in our bones, in the fiber of our being, and have it do its deep healing and sanctifying work in our lives. We're meant to be changed by it, and then we're meant to spread it. It begins with our hearts. We need Jesus, the bridegroom king, the champion of heaven, the hero of eternity, the one who is named faithful and true to come for us again and reveal his love for us now. Yes, Lord, do it. To surrender to him, let's just remember, who is he? What has he done? Who am I to him? What does he want? Let's start with the last question first. What does he want? He wants our hearts. He wants us to offer them to him freely and to love him deeply. He tells us that our hearts are the treasure of the kingdom and that we need to guard and protect them. And just as a reminder, the very best way to nourish and guard your heart is to feed it truth. Learn who God truly is. Marinate your heart in who he is. Meditate on the deepest realities of heaven and earth found in the scriptures and really learn who you are in him. We know, but we forget. We have to remember who we are and rest in what God says and that is true about us. You are meant to know who you are, own who you are. You belong to God. He says, you are mine. And knowing who we are enables us to live the life we have been born to live, the life the world, the seen and the unseen, needs us to live. So who are you? What is your identity? Because you are no longer defined by your weakness or your work, by your failures or your victories, but only and always by the finished work of Christ. And we know that we are now living in the in-between days. So on any given day, who are we? What are our lives? Are they good or bad? Are they blessed or cursed? There's so much power in what we name them. And who gets to decide what we do name them? Magazine covers? Wall Street? Social media? The Supreme Court? CNN? The person who honked at us yesterday when we made a small, thoughtless error? The teacher handing out the grades, the boss handing out the promotions, the news handing out its spin, or the God of the universe. The tricky part 
is that we haven't arrived yet to fully inhabit all that is most deeply true about ourselves. We do live in the in-between, the already and the not yet. The scriptures tell us we are now seated in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus, and it is true. But we still walk and navigate this world with clay feet. We are, and we are becoming. We are on our way. And in this tightrope experience, what balancing rod do we hold on to? Our failures or our future glory? What the bullies named us or what our father names us now? Are we a disappointment or are we the very crown of creation? Dear ones, beloveds of God, our father has named us good. Our Jesus has declared the work finished. Our God, who sees the end from the beginning, is not disappointed, nor is he surprised. He doesn't regret his choice to rescue us, nor does he resent the cost he paid to do it. Our work now is to believe him, to marinate our hearts and minds in the truth of the gospel, to agree with God, and to let it change the way we feel, to let our inner reality be based on the deepest reality of the universe. We are children of the living God, holy and cherished in his sight. So who are you? Ah, friends, you are the beloved of God. And what does he want? He wants your heart. He wants you to love him back. And who is Jesus? Really, he is fully man and fully God. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the man of sorrows and the fount of all joy. He is the Lion of Judah and the Lamb of God. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the mighty God, the God of angel armies. He is our strong tower, our fortress, our defender, our hiding place. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is our friend. He is our brother. He is our bridegroom. He is our savior. He is the victorious one, the resurrected one, triumphant, alive. He rides on the wings of the wind. He speaks, and the mountains melt like wax. Say his name and demons tremble. His name is like a kiss and an earthquake. It is the gentleness of the breeze and the roaring of thunder that shakes the earth. He is Jesus. He is the love you have been looking for all your life, and he has never taken his eyes off of you, and he never will. He's worthy of your life, of your surrender of your love and your worship. He is faithful and true, trustworthy and sure. He is justice and peace. Praise you, Jesus. And what has he done? He has come for us. He has stood in our place. The Son of God 
very God and very man. You know what he's done. He has left his glory and in unmatched humility taken on our humanity forever to save us. He has rescued us by his very blood and transferred us from the domain of darkness and placed us into the kingdom of God. He has continual mercy on us. He guides us, heals us, rescues us, pursues us, and preserves us with his fierce tenderness and continually shows us his love. He is always, always present. He never leaves us or forsakes us. He asks us always to come closer. He desires to be known. He desires us to rest in his love. He has only our best in mind. He thinks of us constantly. His endless thoughts of us are boundless. We have never been loved like this. The temptation to run to other broken cisterns is strong. But our God, the only one who will ever truly satisfy us, the only one who is worthy of the preeminent place in our hearts, asks us to trust him, to surrender to him to rest in him. He asks us to believe him. Friends, the sorrow and grief, the regret and the loss, the demands and the pressures that come to us are real. And we have a God who is well acquainted with them all. He doesn't ask us to ignore them, but to invite him in so that we don't bear it alone. He says, let me help you. Let me strengthen you. Let me reframe your perspective. Let me infuse you with hope. He says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. So let's have a little time now to encounter his love, to see him with the eyes of our hearts and to meet with him in the outposts of Eden that we carry within us, where Christ dwells in us by faith. It's just going to be for a few minutes. This is the time to turn off your phone if it's not already, to silence it, make it face down so you don't see the alerts that come in. If you're driving, pause this podcast until you can be alone and uninterrupted for a few minutes. So take a moment and settle in. Get comfortable. Settle in with your body to whatever you're sitting on or laying down on. And now just breathe in a few deep breaths. Breathe in hope. Breathe out your doubts. Breathe in trust. Breathe out your fears. Breathe in out. Center into the present moment, grounding yourself in the moment. That's what we're doing so that we can be fully aware, fully immersed in the experience of Jesus' presence in the present moment right now. Breathe in peace. Breathe out stress. Focus your attention now on the indwelling Christ, 
Become aware of what it feels like as you breathe in rest and breathe out pressure. Become aware of Jesus within. Tune in afresh that Christ is inside of you right now. Breathe. Tune in and let go. Sink into his enfolding embrace. Tune into home. He is your home. You are entangling with Christ. Your heart is entwined with his. You are entering your privileged position, engaging with his presence. Notice your heart beginning to stir. Keep the eyes of your heart focused. Stay with the experience of Jesus' love as he begins to envelop you. Thank Jesus for being with you. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, help us. Now surrender everything you are to him. Surrender everything that has taken precedence in your heart, every place you have run to to find contentment apart from Jesus. Yes, Lord, we surrender to you. We desire to rest in your love. As Jesus begins to awaken your love, you'll feel him drawing you nearer and deeper within himself and filling you with peace. Let everything that has taken precedence within your heart, anything that holds a place of priority above Jesus, melt away as you become even more aware of his indwelling presence. We give everything and everyone to you, God. We give everything and everyone to you. Name now what you need to release to God. Name what you are surrendering. Maybe it's my family, my struggles, my ways of trying to meet my own inner needs. You know what they are. I surrender them to you, God. I surrender them to you. And Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for giving the attention that you deserve to things that are inferior to you. Even now, I ask you, search my heart Examine me that I may live a life of first love, highest priority, totally yours, a bride married to one husband. We pray, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would flood my heart with the light of your presence. Jesus, come. Come for me. I do want to encounter you. Again, I just yield to you and I cleanse my imagination with the blood of Jesus that I might see you with the eyes of my heart. We close our physical eyes 
We do that, Lord, so that we can open the eyes of our hearts. We know that you want to take us into a journey of intimacy, into our hearts where you dwell. We sink into your presence, God, like we are sinking into our most comfortable chair. We breathe you in. We are becoming even more of your indwelling presence, of your love. You're all-encompassing, all-embracing love. So shift the focus of your attention within. Allow the goodness of who he is begin to immerse you. Sink in. His glory, his spirit now indwells us and is our peace. He is our contentment. So as we shift our attention even more to him, we let the distracting thoughts go. They come in, but let them flit on through. We can address them later. Christ is increasingly dispensing his life into us. Become aware of it. Picture yourself being saturated with love. Begin to love Jesus within you. Tell him, I love you, Lord. I really love you. I love you, Jesus. Jesus, we pause and we feel your presence enveloping us, wrapping around us as we receive that now, sinking deeper into your love. We take a moment to gaze into your face. Help us to see you with the eyes of our heart. Your eyes are full of love for us. We let that pour into us. We receive your wraparound presence. We receive your embrace of love. We receive your shalom, your peace flooding into us. Thank you, God. The Lord is my best friend. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Let his transformational life flood you. Yes, God. Come, Jesus. We need you. We love you. Jesus, we find our rest in your embrace. Just be held.
Jesus, seal all this in our hearts. Thank you that you are with us and you are for us. We give you our entire being for the deep joy of walking with you and being with you always. We long for intimacy with you, to love you with all our hearts, to know you profoundly. We put you first. We surrender all to you. In your beautiful name we pray. Amen. <sighs> all right, coming back, opening our eyes. Yes. Dear ones, let's today agree with the old hymn. I love this, and you know it by heart. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to thee, I freely give. I will ever love and trust you. In your presence, daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. Lord, I give myself to thee. Fill me with your love and power. Let your blessing fall on me. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Yes, God. Dear ones, I bless you today with the scripture from Hebrews 13, 20, and 21. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for being with me today. Bless you. Till next time, bye for now. Hi, everyone. This is Stacy Burton, the producer of the Captivated Podcast. If you've been a regular listener, you've heard the encouraging teachings offered and the incredible conversations Stacy has had with her guests. So wherever you listen, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. May you be filled with the goodness of his love today, and we look forward to having you join us next time. Thank you.